Hey, it's good to see you today. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, and we're continuing our journey through Scripture uh, on our Tuesday edition. Um, whether you're listening to this on Tuesday or uh, in the morning, in the evening, I hope that you've been able to follow along. You can, of course, uh, go back and, and uh, go all the way back to the beginning. We have all of the uh, Journey Through Scripture as episodes uh, all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. And remember, we're going through in a chronological order, so therefore uh, we skip around a little bit. This is going to be a section where we skip around uh, quite often, um, but uh, we're, we're getting close to the end of the, the period of exile. Um, and what this passage is going to talk about is um, how God is... Uh, He's talking about Egypt. He's he's said that Egypt would would be punished. Well, Babylon is going to do that. Um, but then Babylon is also going to be uh, held account to account, uh, even though God used them to hold Israel to account. Right. But uh, but ultimately, everyone is going to be held account for their own uh, misdeeds. And so we have kind of prophecy about that. And then we're going to end with uh, kind of the. Uh, the end of the Babylonian empire um, and which is going to, you know, begin to transition us to the next phase where Persia is going to take control and the people are going to begin to start going back uh, fairly soon uh, back to Jerusalem. Um, but so we're going to read uh, from Ezekiel uh, 29 and 30 today, um, kind of starting in chapter uh, verse 17 of Ezekiel 29, but 29 and 30 of Ezekiel. And then we have just a couple little verses from Second Kings 25 and Jeremiah 52. Those are very short. That's kind of a, a transitions us. And then we have Isaiah 13 and 14, Isaiah 21, and then Isaiah 33 through 35. And then we're going to end with, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do Daniel chapter 5. Okay, it, it, these are not real long, uh, so we'll move through uh, some of this pretty quickly. But uh, so starting in Ezekiel chapter 29, uh, verses 17 through 21, um, it, it's talking about how uh, Babylon uh, will uh, go and, and plunder Egypt. So Babylon, you know, came and, and they uh, took over all of Jerusalem. Well, that wasn't the only area. They they're kingdom was expanding. They went to Tyre um, and uh, and actually kind of were thwarted there. Um, but then they ended up going to Egypt and uh, it says, uh, son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, caused his army to labor strenuously against Tyre and every head was made bald and every shoulder rubbed raw. Now, again, I, I, I mean, I, there's there's some questions we all have whenever we're going to go and meet meet the Lord and, you know, that we would like answered. I just am really uncomfortable with how baldness is always associated with something negative uh, here in the Old Testament. I can't do anything about that and uh, unless I spent lots of money. And it would be very awkward if, like, next episode I showed up with a full head of hair. You would probably know that something had happened. But, uh, but anyway— that's a constant reminder of, of the difficulty that people face. So Babylon had gone bald trying to take Tyre. So that means it didn't go too well for them. Um, and uh, they, they couldn't get that done. 
And uh, it continues, says, I have given them the land of Egypt for his labor because they work for me, says the Lord God. So so he was going to use Babylon to also uh, bring Egypt to account. Uh, in uh, chapter 30, uh, it talks about Egypt and how her, Egypt and her allies will fall. Um, starting in verse 10, thus says the Lord God, I will make... I will also make a multitude of Egypt to cease by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He and his people with him, the most terrible of nations, shall be brought to destroy the land. They shall draw their swords against Egypt, shall fill the land with the slain. I will make the rivers dry. And then in verse 19, it says, Thus I will execute judgments on Egypt. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Again, these judgments are not just random things. These countries have been evil. They have done evil. They have uh, participated in worship of obviously pagan gods, but not only that, they have done evil to Israel. Um, and so God is holding them to account. We may not like that. We may think that God should have just overlooked all of that. Well, he doesn't. He, he is a God who makes, uh, who, who brings justice, who, who holds all of us to account. Uh, which is why it's so important we understand who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, that that we can have forgiveness, that he is a God of mercy. Um, but there, there, there is going to be a holding to account uh, for all of us. Um, then uh, kind of a, a transition, 2 Kings 25, 27 through 30, um, uh, talk about Jehoiachin. Remember, or Jehoiachin, he was the king uh, of Jerusalem when the exile first happened, and they took him back to Babylon. He'd been imprisoned. And it says, in the 37th year of the captivity of Jehoiachin, 27th day of the month, uh, evil Marduk, who is, is now the new king of Babylon, uh, began to, re- to reign. He released the king, Jehoiachin, king of Judah, from prison. He spoke kindly to him, gave him more prominent seat than those of the kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiachin changed from his prison garments and ate bread regularly before the king all the days of his life. As for his provisions, there was a regular ration given to him by the king, a portion for each day, all the days of his life. So it's it's kind of a, an interesting little encouraging uh, note here that that the king of Judah, who had been there, um, is is actually treated well by this at, at, by the end of the exile. Um, that it shows that God was working in this. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 52 verses 31 through 44 is basically the exact same uh, thing. And then that gets us to Isaiah 13 and 14, uh, where now Isaiah is, uh, has some proclamations against Babylon that they will be, uh, held to, to account. It says, uh, uh, chapter 13, uh, starting in verse four, the middle of verse four, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts musters the army for battle. They come from a far country from the end of heaven, the Lord and his weapons of indignation to destroy the whole land. In verse 11, I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will halt the arrogance of the proud. I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a mortal uh, make a mortal more rare than fine gold, uh, a man more than golden wedge of Ophir. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth will move out of her place. Right? So these are things that all of us 
see in the world today, right? We see evil, we see uh, wickedness, um, we see arrogance, uh, we see haughtiness, um, and God is will eventually hold to account those nations and individuals who who live that way, and uh, and we need to strive to live a better way and to share the message, the life changing message, to people who are living this way, right? So that they may may turn uh, before it's too late, before that judgment uh, comes to them. Um, verse 17 says, Behold, I will stir up the Medes against them who will not regard silver. And as for gold, they will not delight in it. And their bows will dash the young men to pieces, and they will have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eye will not spare children. And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' pride, will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Right? So it's not going to look too good for Babylon. Um, verse uh, chapter 14 talks about having uh, mercy on Israel, mercy on Jacob, for the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will still choose Israel and settle them in their own land. Uh, the strangers will be joined with them and they will cling to the house of Jacob. Right? So even though the house of Jacob and Israel is going through a difficult time, they will be restored and there will be though others with them uh, who remain faithful to God. Uh, it continues, it talks about the fall of, of Babylon there in chapter 14. You can uh, continue to, to read about that. And, um, and then as we uh, continue, uh, chapter 14, interesting, uh, verse 12, uh, we have uh, Lucifer, which uh, Lucifer is kind of re- referred to as the day star, uh, the shining one. Um, obviously, there's a connection with with Satan, whether it's revealing, talking specifically to Satan, we're not real sure here, but it is very instructive uh, on kind of, uh, you know, a relationship with God and how evil works. It says, uh, verse 12, uh, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt uh, my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. It, I will be like the most high. Yet you should shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. So, it's, it's interesting. It says, you shall be brought down to Sheol. Um, I will ascend above the house. I will be like the most high. What, this, is, this is the root of all sinfulness, the, the root of all the things that, that separate us from God, is that, uh, that we desire to be like God. Um, and this is a, a reminder that we are not God, and, uh, and God will eventually uh, put us in our place if we strive to be like him. Um, you continue on verse uh, chapter 21, uh, talks about the fall of Babylon even more. Also, uh, proclamation against Edom, which remember Edom was, uh, uh close with, uh, with Israel. Uh, but, but yet they helped Babylon in the destruction, uh, and conquering of Jerusalem. Um, you see, uh, chapter 33 is a prayer and deep distress uh, is, is kind of the title of that. Uh, that's chapter 33 through 35 of Isaiah. 
Um, it says, Woe to you who plunder, though you have not been plundered, and you who deal treacherously, though they have not dealt treacherously with you. When you cease plundering, you will be plundered. That's referring to Babylon. They were called the plunderer. Um, uh, verse, chapter, uh, verse 14, excuse me. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who shall dwell with the everlasting burn, burnings? He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly. He who despises the gain of oppression, who gestures with his hands, refusing the bribes, who stops his ears from hearing bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread will be given to him. His water will be sure. So again, talking about how Babylon was doing all of those things and and how it is important for us to refrain from doing those. And we will uh, experience God's defense and God bringing back the people. Uh, chapter 34 um, kind of talks about God's judgment on the nations. It says, for the indignation of the Lord is against all nations. So, you know, all of those who had rebelled against God, um, God was going to hold to account. Um, you continue on, it starts to talk about Edom and proclaiming judgment on Edom. This is really interesting to me in verse 14. Uh, the wild beast of the desert shall also meet with the jackals, and the wild goat shall bleat to its companion. Also the night creature shall rest there and find for herself a place of rest. Uh, the arrow snake shall make her nest and lay eggs and hatch and gather them under her shadow. There also shall be hawks gathered, be gathered, every one with her mate. Okay, this is just kind of poetic prose language to des- describe um, a, <laughs> a judgment scene. Um, the, it says, also the night creature shall rest there. The night creature was, that was actually a reference, uh, many people think, to a, the demon Lilith. Um, that was a demon who it was uh, believed preyed on um, uh, mothers and children, kind of a vampirish type uh, demon, um, and would kill kill men uh, who were alone. It was it's a very terrifying image, and so what what the Isaiah is saying uh, is um, th- that will be dwelling with with Edom, right? Not not literally. This is using uh, a symbolic and poetic language, but imagine how terrifying that was if if a if a demon and one that they would be familiar with. This was kind of a cultural thing uh, that that demon would be uh, unleashed uh, upon the people. Um, kind of oh, just a little, little creepy. Um, uh, chapter 35, um, the talks about the future glory of Zion again, how, how, uh, the people will be brought back it says the wilderness and wasteland shall be glad for them and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Uh, even with joy and singing, the glory of Le- Lebanon shall be given. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God say to those who are fearful, uh, fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. All right. So uh, the guy uh, trying to get make sure the people do not give in to fear. Remember, now it's been years that they have been in um, exile. Uh, many people had never known what it was like to be in Jerusalem or see what the old temple was like. Um, and so now they are having to choose to put their faith in God anyway. All right. I want to close by reading. I encourage you to read Daniel chapter five. 
this is kind of uh, the fall of Babylon. So there's um, a, a king, Belshazzar, who isn't technically the king. He's, he's kind of acting king uh, because the main king kind of neglected being the right, uh, a good king over Babylon, which is why they ended up uh, faltering, but he's acting as king. So, so he is in that role and uh, he decides to have a big party. Uh, and it says Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels from uh, which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple, which had been in Jerusalem. Um, and then they basically, uh, it says the king and his Lord, his wives and concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. So remember whenever the temple was destroyed, all of the stuff was taken back. Well, he breaks that stuff out and uses it in debaucherous ways, right? Basically mocking, uh, God. And, uh, and then all of a sudden there was a, uh, a hand that began to write on the wall and he couldn't, he didn't know what it meant. And he, this would disturb me as well. He was disturbed by this. So he, he wanted someone to come, uh, to interpret and that he would reward them. And, uh, one of the queen, uh, knew, knew of Daniel and said, Hey, there's this guy, Daniel, he's done stuff like this before. Um, you know, you may ask him. So Daniel comes, um, and, uh, the king, you know, uh, it says, Hey, I want you to be able to interpret this. And Daniel says, well, I can. Um, and so the King said, well, you will be rewarded. But then in verse 17, Daniel answered and said, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet I will re- read the writing to you, to the King and make known to him the interpretation. O King, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty, glory and honor. And because of the majesty he gave him, all peoples, nations, language trembled and feared before him. So he's talking about Nebuchadnezzar when Babylon was strong. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up. Whomever he wished, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed from his heart, his kingly throne and took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like beast. His dwelling was with the wild donkeys. They fed him like grass with like oxen. Uh, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew that the most high God rules the kingdom of men and appoints over it whomever he chooses. So he lost his mind at the end. And, uh, and uh, it was because he had become prideful and hard hearted. Um, but you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart although you knew all of this and have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. Right. And, and then he says, you sit here, mock God by using the temple, uh, wares, uh, for debaucherous purposes. And, and so then he says, and this is what the inscription says. This is the interpretation of each word. Verse 26, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. You have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. You have been weighed and measured, right? You, you have been found wanting. That comes from this passage. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians, right? So he tells him some pretty, pretty bad news. Uh, and then very soon after that, the Persians do overtake and destroy Babylon. So that, that's going to, we're going to stop there for today. Um, and, 
we're going to, to be in Isaiah chapter 40 through 45 on Thursday. This is kind of an interesting tone shift for Isaiah. He is going to be very positive, um, reminding the people of what is to come. And so I, I, I think if, if you're feeling down or overwhelmed or discouraged, uh, read Isaiah 40 through 45. It'll be good for you. So I hope that you read that, and we will see you on Thursday. Thanks for joining us.